Your life experience, good or bad, is a gift when you share it with others. At Taxi Chronicles, we allow real riders with real stories to share their gift. So hopefully this episode will intrigue, enhance or inspire you. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode, another rider. Today we are honoured to have a lady in the house and she's... um, She's a jewellery expert and she's going to teach us all she knows in such a short period of time about the jewellery business and how it works. I picked her up from Hatton Garden, so I know she's a real McCoy. Nice to have you here today. Nice to be here. Okay, that's good. So, tell us, why jewellery? How did you get into jewellery? Um, I've always been interested in fashion, but hate pattern cutting, so for me jewellery was a way of working in fashion and being a 3D designer, so it was no-brainer, really. Oh, 3D. So, um, did you start off, you're from up north, did you start off when you was in London? Whoa, 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 I'm not up north, I'm a scouser. Yeah, but in London... It's not north. London terms, it's the north, it's the north. Oh, you can't categorise us scousers like that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I, I came down to study at university, like, almost 30 years ago. I just never went back. Okay, uh, what did you come to study? Did you read? Design. Oh, design. Because you spoke about 3D. Yeah. So are we talking like 3D printers? I don't know no, no, that, I mean, that didn't exist in my day. Okay. You know, that's a, that's a new thing, that's new technology, which I don't get on with at all. But yeah, I just studied three-dimensional design and the ethics of design and then realised I actually wanted to work in some part of fashion. So jewellery was my choice of um, expression. And I suppose that's the finishing touches to fashion as well. Yeah, but it was years ago, like, um, accessory design was accepted in the fashion industry. I think it was 1986 or something like that, when Dinny Hall won Accessory Designer of the Year, and then that just opened doors for the whole of the jewellery industry to get involved in um, collections, as as opposed to just, you know, generic bits of pieces of jewellery. And so where's the, the theme? come from for you for your jewelry uh well I, I do collections so it, it starts with a story and a concept and then it's just how you tell that story through the the medium of jewelry and metalwork okay so you say metalwork i know gold is a form of metal yeah um is that you would it silver gold platinum? silver gold platinum all carrots all colors um, sometimes mix it up, like to use a bit of concrete, bit of wood, bit of leather, bit of bone. Oh, oh. Yeah, ma- of ma- well, recycled Victorian antler mainly. And anything that's been in use okay. and then is disused, and then I-, I like to just recycle and reuse and bring it into a different. Um, Story, yeah, yeah, give it a di- different life form. So when you say bone, where did these, uh, what are these bones originated from? Well, just the, the old Victorian trophies, aren't they? Like shooting stags and deers and stuff. Oh, so you've got all these okay. antlers hanging around in antique shops oh, that are all going yeah, to waste. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Do something with that. Absolutely. So give us a, an idea of how you create the story. So just be an idea or a thought or a conversation or a song or a poem or whatever, and then off a pop with it. Like last year's collection was called Prego, which is uh, Italian for your welcome. And basically it was a bit satirical but I just wanted to create a collection that was quite subversive and aggressive and it was based around the patriarchy so I took a tune from Kate Tempest mm-hmm. 
and then just that that was the the, the whole like kind of sentiment for, for the collection okay. yeah. does a customer ever come to you and say I want it to represent this I want it to oh yeah that. totally yeah so you've got to have a very um, open mind to understand their vision and bring it to life absolutely yeah. I, I mean they're my best jobs actually when someone says to me look my granny's died or my dad's watched this that and the other what can you do with this and I like creating stories for other people mm. did, how did you manage during the lockdown did it die or did it boom I assume it's one of the two people got more time they get free money from the government uh, Peter both really because it was difficult because you couldn't get hold of any materials because they were all on lockdown you, all your suppliers were struggling all your experts were struggling you know my stone set it wasn't open that kind of thing so you just did what you could you should have called an Uber <laughs> all, all your drug dealers and the working girls used Ubers to get around it's true yeah. but you know get get me where to shop that wasn't open you know it's oh, just one of them things isn't it and he opens the back door it's like a <laughs> I was dropping many a people. <laughs> to be honest, I, I took the opportunity to just, you know, yeah. watch how the world was dealing with things and then, you know. I understand. I understand. Okay. What would be your advice to a young person who wants to get into the industry? Oh, just go for it. Get creative, go out chatting to people, see what you can do with the materials on offer, and yeah, just go for it. I admit, I was self taught, I didn't train as a jeweller. Had people as time went on that you, yeah, that you kind of everyone you meet on. teaches you something, can it? I mean, you're teaching me today about blogs and your cap, your cap, you know what I mean? <laughs> There's always a string to another string to someone else's bow, so you just listen to you know, meeting people is so interesting, mm -hmm. and then they, you know, they pass on their knowledge and you pick it up if you're clever enough. But mm -hmm. that's the way I've always been. You spoke earlier about building relationships is hard in this business it's hard if you're not trustworthy and if you don't trust but that's what the industry takes it's just all built on trust I mean it's steeped in centuries of relationships that go back you know it's grandfather to son son to son, son and, and that's the way the business goes okay talking about that have you seen the film Uncut no Adam Sandler no that's very good is it I'll yeah, put it on my list and gems okay and jewelry you see, I probably haven't watched it because it's not a very me side of things. I like to recycle. I don't like all this overmining business and, you know. Okay, well, Sustainability good. and. Um, yeah, because when you talk about honour and family and everything, that's why I bring it up. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll it's give it a watch. Diamonds, yeah, it's, very, it's, it's not a typical Adam Sandler film. It's very, very good. Not to say his films are bad. I don't mind he, a bit of the Sandler. Yeah, he doesn't, um, he, he's very good, so he doesn't promote, he just yeah. gets a film out there and he gets the money. <laughs> nice. In that respect, mm -hmm. what would you say is the hardest thing that you've had to learn that you wish you knew when you started in this industry? Uh, oh God, that's a tough question. I think it's just self-belief really. When you question yourself, there are always the jobs that go wrong. But you just have to have self-belief. Mm. So the, the jobs that, that may have gone wrong, I assume that's in your early days, Yeah. how do you overcome that? Because you spoke about trust and all these other things. You go to your mentor, the person that can do it if you can't. That, that's the beauty of the jewellery industry is we all help each other. And you just say, I've messed up, yeah. I need you give to me save a, yeah, me. Give me a hand. Yeah, okay. 
and they humbly just say, don't worry, come on in. Absolutely. Come on in. That's, that's a good... Everyone likes to show you their expertise and, and that's why, you know, you know, most jewellers don't, they don't do everything themselves. I can't engrave. I can, but I'm not an engraver, so I, I let my engraver tackle that side of things. I, ca I can set a stone, but I choose not to. My stone setter sets stones. You know, that, that's what they're good at. I'm good at the concept, the design and the making, and they do their bits. So yeah, so he just does, yeah, that's what you mean. So everybody's specialism becomes a true specialism. Yeah. This is all you do all day is set stones. Yeah. Then you are a true master. Absolutely. Stuff, yeah, and I suppose you want to set stones in a way that they stay. What's your favorite materials to work with? Oh, well, I love working in silver, that's what I started off in. But, um, I mean, it's all lovely, it's all lovely stuff. Platinum's beautiful to work in, it's so clean. Um, silver's filthy to work with, you get absolutely covered in dirt. Yeah, it's all, all relevant. I love working in bone, but it's very, very messy. When you say silver's fil filthy, in what sense? Is that the fragments that come off? Well, it's the oxidisation and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. So you need gas and stuff. You have to have, like, gas cylinders or certain things at home? Oh, yeah, to solder and, you know, compression drills and all that business. But, I mean, you know, that they're, they're just tools. Tools as tools. Do you melt your material yourself or do other people melt it for you? Uh, I can't, well, I do melt smaller bits, but, again, casters... You know, have a very specialist job, and I'd rather a caster cast than I cast. So you've got the caster, you've got the the fixer. You've, you've got, got the, the caster, the mounter, the setter, the engraver. There's a polisher. Uh, yeah, that, that, I think they're the most specialist areas. So those are five main things. Yeah. And you need to have five good people. Yeah. Who can do that and be on good relationships with them. Defo. Yeah. It's all about respecting their, their trade, their specialist area. And you, in essence, get the client understand the creativity and the design. And the making bit. And the making bit. Yeah. And then it's a whole big family. Yeah. Many, many cogs to make the whole thing turn. Yeah. And, uh, and would you say you need more, like, see like those five professions, would you need double of those five professions as a contact because in case someone's sick or... I mean, you always have a couple of people in reserves, but, you know, you have your faves, don't you? You have the main one you go to. Yeah. Uh, okay. But as we all get older, our eyes fail. Yeah, <laughs> I've got glasses here that I've been denying. <laughs> I realise if I want to see clearly, it has to be daylight. Yeah. It's just weird. Or magnified. <laughs> yeah. That's really, really weird, that is. Okay. What does the future hold for you? Oh. Creativity, fun, love and laughter. And um, what's a gift that you want to leave the world? Gift that I want to leave the world? Um, or share with the world? Share with the world. Well, More positive. The reason why I do my job is I like sharing my vision with the world, my outlook. That's why I like to tell stories through pieces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just creativity, really. And if I could pass my creativity on to someone, and I think that's, that's a great gift because I don't think it's given enough credit in today's society. It's very important. If you could do it all again, would you do anything different? No. So, oh. No regrets. Never have regrets. Never the have whole regrets. of your life's a journey. Always look forward. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. There's always that. a reason why something happens, isn't there? There are things that I 
if one person could have done it, well, it probably wasn't too wise or too clever, but you learn from your mistakes. The person I am today. Exactly. Yeah, in that respect. So yeah, I understand what hymn sheet you're singing from there. Very, very well. Mm hmm. So, what's been there, price-wise? What's the most expensive material? Uh, well, that I work in, probably platinum. Platinum's more expensive than gold. Well, it can be, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah well, it is, yeah. So, no, gold's got different categories, isn't it? 23, well, yeah, 24. Got... 24 or 26 the highest in gold? 24. 24. Well, but then you've got fine gold, you know what I mean? That's pure, that's how it comes out the ground. Yeah. But, I mean, the higher the carrot, the softer the metal. So, it depends what you're using it for. As in, what, what, what kind of thing? So... Like, like those big ball chains that those rappers used to wear, that, what would that be? Would that be mixed with a lot well, of They'd probably like to tell you it was 18, but it's probably 9. Yeah, it's probably Argos 9. <laughs> <laughs> Argos 9. Yeah, okay. Mm, that's an interesting one then. Mm. So, um, so my mind's just slipping this line. You've only ever worked in gold. Have you done other things when you came to London? Uh, oh God, yeah, loads of stuff. I worked on the door of a club in Soho. Okay. I used to run a, a place game for children. How was it uh, working in Soho? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Time in my life. And this was in your in your twenties. Yeah, yeah, teens, late teens, early twenties. So you came down to London and you never looked back. Uh, pretty much. You just fell in? Yeah. Okay, that's good. It's interesting because, as you know, I speak to a lot of people, and I find with people from north of London, <laughs> <laughs> that um, they usually can't, don't make it, because they can't, they say, oh, the house prices and blah, 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 or they just sit. London for what it is, and just well, I think that, that's ways. the difference, isn't it? I mean, if you don't make it, you you're not going to make it anywhere. It's not if you know you're not in a fairy tale. It's not Hollywood. You know, it's that whole Hollywood fable, isn't it? Mm. You only make it if you put in the time and effort. Mm. Yeah, and also you've got a hassle because you're you're not a nine to fiver now. You live off your, I assume you live off your live in. off your art, yeah. Yeah, so you're obviously very good at what you do. Well, it's the quickest way to respect your earnings. Because when it's your hours you're spending, then you, you really learn to appreciate what you know what you do and, and the wage you get. Mm -hmm. Tell that to my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she started to work now, and she still doesn't want to um, accept that. You know, that dad shouldn't have to give her money. But yeah, uh, get her a freelance job, throw her in at the deep end. Yeah, yeah I don't think her mum would allow it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and stuff, but. Mm. So there's always going to be a future in jury then for you? Oh, uh, well, uh, well, yeah, in one form or another, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think as you get older, obviously, you know, the hands get arthritic, the eyes become less sharp, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Same old, same old. But, yeah, I, I think I'd always be working in some form of creative capacity, but I'd really like to open a jewellery school at some point. Not in London, though. It's like, you know, somewhere people come to chill out and lose themselves and do a bit of creativity that kind of thing but you know at the moment that's a pipe dream isn't it maybe you could do stuff in london and have a ranch somewhere else later on yeah. london will give you the security of the money 
Let's see how well it pans out. You can find our little sections in Hatton Gardens. Yeah. Uh, is, there, is there any jury schools up there? Yeah, loads. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Got Holt, you've got Cass. Okay. Loads of them. Oh, well, then I see what you're saying. So you, also, you don't want to step on people's toes. No. Yeah, so. I, I just want to give people a different experience as well, not not just making jewellery, but why you're making it. Just like, you know, feel a process, tell a story, that kind of thing. Is there special equipment people need if they were melting or melting or these materials? They could well, just make about gas and... Well, you like. know, you can get little hand torches now. You know, you can, really can set up a workbench for under 150 quid these days and get going so it's you know i started off with 50 quid in my pocket and a hammer and a tiny bit of silver from that i made one piece sold it invested the money back in bought more tools you know it's just just a case of what you're prepared to mm -hmm. to do in it yeah i suppose 50 quid what was that the 90s yeah you know, they've gone a long lot longer yeah <laughs> than uh what we have today yeah you probably need a few 50s to do it now yeah, i guess and you don't, there's no, like, what do you call it, like a safety, like a certificate or a, a approval from a local authority because it just all sounds a bit technical. Well, gas. Yeah, but you learn along the way. I mean, you know, no, you shouldn't burn your house down unless you've got really good house insurance, you know what I mean? But within your limitations, you can be really creative with just basic tools. You've got to learn to walk before you run, obviously. So just going back to Soho, because Soho intrigues me here. Um, what was it, a nightclub? A very small, like, jazz bar. Okay. Is it still around today? Um, no. Soho? Of course not. Soho's not Soho anymore, yeah, really. Not. That's what I've interviewed quite a few people, and they complain about Tony Blair bringing out a law. If you play... If more than one person plays an instrument in the pub or a bar, they have to pay us. The bar has to oh, pay it's a tax. Madness. Yeah, some stupid thing. There's always a law against fun, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. But it's been a great interview. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate your sharing the knowledge. Nice chatting to you. And um, we wish you well. Thanks, darling. Thanks a lot. We hope you liked that Taxi Chronicles interview. Don't forget to share and subscribe to get the latest episode. Ever considered investing in a continent with the fastest growing economies and population on Earth? The same continent that holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. Listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories, where you hear real investors with real stories from around the world share their experience of investing in Africa. We post Monday and Thursday at 10am British Standard Time.